Welcome back to Inspired Babes Let's Chat podcast. So today we had Minky Brady on and oh my goodness, this woman is one freaking powerhouse. I had the privilege of just sitting down and having the most incredible conversation full of authenticity and love. And I just, her vulnerability and her sharing of her story was mind blowing to me just because I know that it really takes something to be able to share your story in a way of, well, this is what happened. This is what I've been through, but here's where I'm at now. Right. And not holding on to, Oh, poor me. I'm still a victim of what happened to me. No, you're turning your story into a powerful message to impact many, many lives in this world. And man, this woman is up to big, big things in the world. And it's, it's truly remarkable, right? To see that because I know, you know, sometimes people feel like they're in quicksand and they can't get out. And I've been there. I have felt that many, many times, but just know that God, universe, whatever that may be for you is constantly providing tools. And when I say tools, that could be people, that could be something you hear on the radio, that could be, you know, anything that's showing up in your presence. And if you could get really aligned within and just, you know, present to your surroundings and the people and the conversations. And if you're listening in a way of, okay, what's the next step for me to, for growth, what's the next step for me to move forward in my life, you're going to get that answer. And, and, you know, in your listening today of this, Minky may say something with all her wisdom that could really inspire you to take that next step, whether that's coaching with her, whether that's, another tool that she has provided, you know, in this podcast to give you to stick in your toolbox for you to implement into your life, you know, you'll get something out of this. Obviously you're listening for a reason, right? You're wanting something more. You're, you're looking to expand and you're growing. I want to acknowledge all of you for that, right? Because you could be listening to something else. You could be listening to something, you know, different here, but you're not, you're here, you're listening. And that really takes something as well to want to expand, to want to grow, to want to hear you know, the vulnerability and people sharing, because I'm telling you when people share and when they're vulnerable, it makes people feel like they're not alone. makes people feel that, okay, you know, I thought I was the only one, but I'm not. This person was, you know, where I was five years ago, or, or this person was there five years ago where I'm at now, you know, you just, and you see where they're at and it's super inspiring. And so just know there's always a way out of whatever you're going through. And I just, I'm just uh, blown away. There was emotions rolling in hot in this episode. Um, I'm just super touched by, by this woman and I uh, just love and adore her. And I want to share, you know, a few things about Minky is that, you know, she's an influencer. She's been a coach for seven years. Um, she's Mrs. Salt Lake County, an author, a speaker. She's been featured on news stations. Um, you know, her purpose is to help people unveil their influence to rise up as next gen leaders in their lives and businesses to create massive influence and income. And so she works with, you know, service-based industries to build an organic following that actually converts. So basically she's helping them to scale to multiple six figures, right? Um, and so it's, uh, you got to go follow her. I have, you know, have it all in the description and um, to just go check her out, but, you know, just be prepared for this really great episode and, and be looking for something that, you know, you could be 
you know, wanting in your lives, right? So let's do this. Welcome everyone back to the podcast. And I have Minky Brady here and I am so freaking excited to have you on today. We have just been chatting away and, you know, we've been connected through social media for a while now. Mm -hmm. And I'm so inspired by what you and your hubby have been creating and just your story um, is really touching to me. And I am just like, I'm so giddy that you're here right now. Ah! So I want to talk about like your story and what you're up to, what you're creating in the world and all the things. And so let's get right into it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah Thank you for having me. You're I'm just so as excited so to be here. Yeah. You are adorable. And it's obvious we have a lot in common yeah. and a lot of similar views, which yeah. is always refreshing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, girl. <laughs> Love it. And you have a new little boy. Yes. Um, He's so freaking cute. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. No, seriously. He's the cutest. I can't even handle it. Mm. He's fun. Being a mom is definitely the best. Yeah. It is. It really is the best. It's definitely um, different, like we were talking about, right? From mm-hmm. like being a businesswoman, entrepreneur, to motherhood. It's just a big transition. It absolutely is. <laughs> trying to, you know, balancing the whole world and the husband and all the things. It it takes a lot of intention and a lot of effort. It really does. Yeah. But it's so amazing. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, seriously. <laughs> mm, so cute. So, Okay. So with the business that you and your husband run, NextGen, is that what Mm -hmm. it's called? NextGen Coaching, yep. Okay, so tell us more about that coaching program that you guys do. Absolutely. So our motto is that we want you to be NextGen. We want you to set yourself apart as an influential leader within your industry. So take what the industry is doing and make it better. Not recreate the wheel, but make it better by personally branding yourself to be next gen and different, setting yourself apart from everyone else so that there's no competitors and you can't be price shot by anyone. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that. So you just work with anybody. Like any work with service-based industries. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Do you find that a lot of people you work with go into it having blocks? Absolutely. I think everyone has a block at different stages of their business. So I know exactly how much money they're making by the questions that they ask me and the blocks that I see. So there's different blocks at each monetary level. Really? Mm -hmm. Dang. Yep. Well, I mean, you've been coaching for seven years, you said, right? Yes. Okay. So that's a long time. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. (laughs) And what about your husband? How long has he been coaching? He's been coaching for 18 years. What? Yep. He's actually 10 years older than me. Most people don't know that. I didn't know that. Uh Uh-huh. I look older. He looks younger. So it it works out really well, but he's been in this industry a long time. And Mm -hmm. he's actually the person that helped me start my business for the first time. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. And were you married previous? Yes. Okay. So I got married at 18 to my first husband and divorced about six months later, Mm -hmm. which led into me actually living in my car for a month. And starting from zero, I dissolved all relationship with my family, with friends, with anyone that I knew because of it was a nasty divorce. And I had felt that my family had chosen him and he stayed in the family and with the money. So I walked away from all of that and lived in the Walmart parking lot for a month. Holy shit. What was that like for you going through that experience of living in your car? It was really lonely. One of the limiting beliefs I've always struggled with my entire life is that I was unlovable. And so that was literally the moment of my life that reaffirmed so deeply the belief that if my own family couldn't love me and choose me, how could anyone else? Mm -hmm. And so it really was a dark, very lonely time 
you know, mm-hmm. where a lot of beliefs set in. And, you know, what actually changed the trajectory of my life was I had a puppy. Yeah. I had purchased a puppy with my ex-husband before we'd gotten divorced. And, you know, at that month point of living in my car, it was time to go pick him up in Idaho. And I was in Utah at the time. And, you know, I got a wild hair and I was like, well, I spent $2,500 on a dog. (laughs) I've got no money. I'm like, I might as well just go get him and sell him because I have no money. And that obviously didn't happen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I went up there and I picked out this puppy that was a representation of me, you know, and I feel like in life in coaching and business, our ideal client is always a version of ourselves. And this puppy, I had first pick of 11 puppies. And this one was extremely malnourished. They didn't expect him to live. His back legs were not operating right. He dragged his feet. He wasn't okay. And they, they didn't expect him to live. And I felt like he was a representation of me at that time. And I wasn't leaving there without him. Mm. And it was, it was really, it was really hard. It was really sad. You know, he was covered in feces. He smelled so bad that I had to stop at the 7-Eleven um, gas station on the way before getting on the freeway because the stench was so bad. Mm-hmm. And I gave this puppy his first bath in the bathroom, in the sink with oh, soap. And he sat on my lap. I think it was a five and a half hour drive. He sat on my lap the entire time and just like was in peace for the first time in his life. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I bet that also gave you a sense of peace. And it hope. gave me a sense of peace yeah. and a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. Like the thing I cherish most in this world is being a mom. And that was my first taste of motherhood. Mm-hmm. And it gave me the purpose to actually like find a place to live mm-hmm. that this puppy needs a home. Yeah. And so, you know, I found a place in West Valley, a small little room that barely a twin mattress would fit on the floor. Mm -hmm. So we lived in this small little room in West Valley with a twin mattress and it was just him and I, and, you know, I was working 60 hour weeks as a personal trainer, which Mm -hmm. I, you know, I attribute my success to like 60 hours a week as a personal trainer. Those are half hour sessions. So to put that in context, I was doing 120 sessions. I think I had like over 80 clients. Like I had a ton of clients and to have that amount of clients at my age was unheard of. Mm. And it's because I didn't have family. My clients became my family. So on the weekends, on my off hours, I was with them. I was cheering their kids on at their football game. I was there. I was a part of their family. Mm. And that's truly like what changed how business is supposed to be. Cause there were tons of people at my gym that had master's degrees and I was making more money and I had more clients and I just had a certification but it's the heart and passion that I loved them. I loved them unconditionally and I cared about their transformation in their family. Yeah. Wow. That really takes something, you know, to really, you know, step into that. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you wouldn't have gone through your divorce, if your family, you know, if you wouldn't have stepped away from your family, you wouldn't have been able to have all those clients and step into that. Right. And have this purpose mm-hmm. in your life. And it's like, I feel like sometimes when we get in those low moments, we're like, what in the hell? Like, why am, what is happening right now? But there's always a purpose. There's always a reason. And it's like, holy shit. And now look at you, uh-huh. look at what you guys are creating in the world. And you're making a difference for so many people. And I admire that so much because I, again, I it really take something in somebody to step outside themselves and say, look, I want to make a difference and an impact on the world mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it. And you just fucking do it. And I, I'm just like, oh, 
I'm just in awe of you. Oh, yeah. you're so sweet. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people ask about that. They're like, should I walk away from my family? Should I do this? And it's different for every person. For me, that was the right decision. They weren't at my wedding. We didn't have a relationship. Like I went through getting married to my husband now completely alone. I didn't have my family during that time. It wasn't until I got pregnant with my son that I reconnected with my family. It was years. And it was the best decision still. People ask, don't don't you regret now that your family's in your life? Don't you regret not having met their wedding? No. Yeah. Because you're asking me to judge myself for who I was then on who I am now. Mm -hmm. And back then, that was what I needed to do. And truly, like, I was the youngest of very a very successful family. I wasn't taken seriously. I was a difficult child growing up. They only could see me for who I was then. Mm -hmm. And that severing of so many years, there was a lot of hurt back and forth. There was, they tried to sue me a few times. Like, there was a lot of, like, darkness going on in the middle of it. But ultimately, I have the most phenomenal relationship with my family now. And I think people think, you know, if I choose to walk away from my family, it has to be forever. And that's not true. No. There's a healing part that gets to happen. There's a healing part that does happen. Like my brother's own businesses and we can sit there and they respect me as a business owner. We can have a great conversation. I would not have the respect that I do for my family now if I wouldn't have walked away been able to reinvent myself and choose the woman that I wanted to be. And then they got to get to know me again. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, it served a purpose at the time, right? Everything always serves a purpose. There's never no regrets and looking back and, Oh, do you wish this? Do you No, it was perfect for that time. Mm -hmm. It needed to happen, you know? And I also believe that I don't think anybody's ever perfect at relationships. We always have falling outs. We always have things but the important thing is process what you're going to process like you did. Mm -hmm. And then you got complete with it. And mm -hmm. now you guys have a great relationship. And I think that's what's important, right? And there's a lot of value in that because I do believe a lot of people think that once you have a falling out, it's forever, like you mentioned, right? Uh -huh. And that's not, that's not how I want to live my life. Mm -hmm. I want to get complete with shit. Yeah, I'm not perfect. Not at all. But, you know, if I have things in time... I'm going to get complete with it because I think that's important. Yeah. And not saying that you have to be best friends again. You know, I truly do believe. Mm -hmm. So this is the funny thing about me is where I've been able to cut out my whole family, walk away from my whole life. When things, when, when relationships aren't serving me mm -hmm. and they aren't making me a better person, I'm probably too easy with walking away. Mm -hmm. It's too easy for me. Yeah. But I've walked away from the hardest relationships I've ever had. And I just have clear boundaries. But when I walk away, it's not the dramatic movies thing. It's just, I know who you are. I know the place that you have in my life. Whether that means you need to take a break and come back, it doesn't mean you go back to be best friends. It's that they have a purpose and a place in your life. And that doesn't always mean your closest circle. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm, I love that. And I, ooh, and you said boundaries. Oh, shoot. You said boundaries. And I've been so big on, on boundaries because, because mm -hmm. again, it doesn't need to be dramatic. It's a boundary. Mm -hmm. This is working or it's not working. Right. And that's it. So it's, yeah. Ooh. And, and it's not about being dramatic. It's about being very clear with exactly. people. Exactly. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Being very clear. Yeah. This yep. isn't, this isn't making me better. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're a businesswoman, you're, yeah. <laughs> you've got kids, you're busy. And it's like my time and what I allow to influence me is the direct results in my life. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been, I've been really diving into the boundaries the past few months mm -hmm. because I just, I wasn't, you know, fully, I, I always just learned that you have to have boundaries with people. And I, I didn't get that, I had to have boundaries with myself first. 
And then I can have boundaries with others. Cause if I don't know mine, how am I supposed to have them with other people? And so owning my voice, staying aligned and speaking my truth has been super powerful because, you know, I just didn't do that before, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, it's, there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. And it changes how people treat you because mm-hmm. it starts with, these are the expectations on how I allowed to be treated. Yeah. And it will directly translate into how your clients treat you, how your customers mm-hmm. treat you. Yeah. It starts with the boundaries and expectations that you set around you and how people show up around you. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. It is so true. Oh my gosh. Mm. So, okay. So here's another question you mentioned when you were living in your car and you had this limiting belief that mm-hmm. you weren't lovable. Is that mm-hmm. the right? Yes. Yeah, okay. When did you identify that belief? Was it when you were living in your car? Was it years later? Like when was that moment you were like, okay. So I wasn't aware of like limiting beliefs, any of those things. I was raised in a very LDS family. Mm -hmm. I wasn't taught meditation. I wasn't taught yoga. I wasn't taught any modality outside of the gospel of the church. Mm -hmm. And so I viewed and was taught that anything outside of that was bad. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I was taught to view any of those beliefs at the time. They were all very, very subconscious, which I think majority of the population operates according to their subconscious limiting beliefs, correct? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until I actually attended um, my boyfriend at the time, which was Travis, my husband now, the strength in your world experience. Mm -hmm. So I went to that. It's a lot like Tony Robbins, Unleash the Power Within. It's phenomenal. It changed my life. It was like, holy crap. Like it was the biggest eye opening to another way, another world. And I realized the things that I was struggling with. I realized like, okay, this is a problem. And it was just the seed of that problem. And then it wasn't until I worked with my first coach that he helped me actually like identify what was going on. Mm -hmm. And it was that we will always find the evidence to support the belief. Yep. So Travis and I hit it off right off the bat. Like as soon as our first date, like it was just like, it, it jived really, really well. And we started living together right away. Like it went really, really fast, which I was like, I'm never getting married again. I'm never having kids. Like I'm so done with men. And you know, it was a couple months in and it just like, I was like, it's going to end. Like I kept like, this is going to end. Like he doesn't love me. There's no way this phenomenal man could love me. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I sat down with his coach and he took me through a process, which just changed my world. And it was, you know, the first was a conversation with my past self. Mm-hmm. And with, after living in my car, I was actually in an abusive relationship after that. And I never left. I didn't leave for nine months. Oh, really? And my dog had gotten beaten. I had gotten beaten. It was bad. Holy shit. And I didn't leave. And there was a lot of shame there, again, judging myself for who I am now, for how I showed up then. When in my reality, I did the best I could during that time to stay alive. Mm. And so I looked at things like that. And so he took me through a process where I talked to my past self. Mm. And then he took me through a process where I talked to my higher self. And it was a great conversation. You know, it was more about personal things with me and the growth and the things I wanted to accomplish. And then the last conversation really threw me off and it was a conversation with God. Mm. And the first thing that God said to me was, I'm sorry. Mm. And it shocked me. Like the highest power in the world is telling me he's sorry. And he said, I know you don't understand. And he said, when you were in heaven, 
I told you what I needed you to go through to be the woman that you are today. I asked you if you wanted the maximum amount of pain you could handle in the shortest amount of time, or if you'd rather have it less pain and dragged out. And you told me, give it all at once. I can take it so that I can grow. And he said, you are squandering my gift for you. And he said, Travis is a gift. Mm -hmm. I know you went through a lot of pain and you went through a lot of hurt. Mm -hmm. I needed you to be ready for Travis because he was ready for you. And the world was ready for you guys together. And he said, I needed you to be this woman. And he said, this is a gift to you. Mm. He is a gift and you are pushing him away and you are squandering my gift to you. I need you to accept it. This is real and he does love you. Mm. Holy shit. And and that's why I love doing what I do. Yeah. Mm. I love helping people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, marriage is hard. Yeah. And I, I root back to that moment every single time marriage is hard because I'm so clear on that conversation that I had with God. Wow. Oh my God. That is, I'm just, oh, (laughs) you got me crying. I know girl. Um, mm. so in that moment, like that you had that conversation, were you just bawling? Were you just like, so taken back? Like holy shit. Like a light bulb went off. Absolutely. And it was at our house. It was on the top level. And I remember walking downstairs and Travis was sitting on the couch and I just viewed him like so angelic. I was just like, Oh, it's my present from heaven. (laughs) (laughs) It's so cute. And I was just like, wow, this is real. Yeah. And I think, you know, that, that experience helped me root back to like, I am lovable. This is a gift from God. Those experiences were meant to help me grow, not because I wasn't loved. Mm-hmm. It was to help me grow yeah. and for my growth. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, girl. <laughs> You're just, no, I just am so, uh, I'm like in awe of you and you can just tell you're just so genuine, you know, and you really, mm, you are making an impact Thank on the you. world. You are with what you're doing and, and so is your husband and you guys are just like this power couple. And you guys move shit, man. You guys are like, oof, it's fire. Mm-hmm. And I feel it. And I got, I totally got that. So like you guys, I hope you guys acknowledge yourselves for that. Like often, because I think sometimes when we, you know, are showing up and we're serving and we're making a difference for people, we sometimes forget to step back and really acknowledge what we've done and just be with it mm-hmm. because that is incredible. Like seriously. I think that moment for us was actually, do you do vision boards? You know what vision boards vision are? Boards, yes. right? So my husband had had one on his board for like five or six years mm. and it was walking on a beach with my wife after having a six figure week. And what's so funny is that happened literally the week we left to Brazil. And so we got that experience and it wasn't until we were walking on the beach in Brazil that he was just like, holy <laughs> wow. shit. Yeah. And he's like, wow, like this, it, it was that moment that we got to be and we had our little man with us and it was just so, it was so fun. Yeah. I think for us, we are, we 
are addicted to our work because we love it and it's truly our purpose. And so it takes us kind of taking ourselves out of the work routine and the work environment to be, to experience it, to be outside of ourselves. That's why we like fully immersed in the Brazilian culture. Like there were no one spoke English and I speak a little Portuguese, not crazy amount enough to get us around, but it it was crazy. It was just like being, being in this world and this realm and just having that privilege to like make an impact on people and truly influence people in their lives. Mm, Yeah. Mm. Mm, I got that girl. Dang. That is powerful. Mm -hmm. My hell. Mm, I got to meet your husband one of these days. And I seriously, so, okay, you have an event coming up in Vegas. Yes. So uh-huh. let's tell him about this event. Yes. So it's May 5th and 8th. It is a high level event. We've got some amazing speakers coming from all around the country to come speak. It is for business owners in any service-based industry that's making six figures or on their way to making six figures, wanting to scale to that multiple six and seven figures. Mm. So we have a phenomenal lineup of speakers. It's a full immersion mastermind to really help you scale your business with like tangibles, like actually how to do it. It's not all inspiration. There's tangibles. There's like, this is how you do it. Like you will go home feeling like, okay, I'm on, I'm on track to hit seven figures. Right. Like you have the tools. It's not yes. like, okay, got it. You have the tools. You've had to have, you've got to have breakout sessions and one-on-one conversations with people who are millionaires that have done what you're looking to do. Mm. Holy crap. Yeah. In every industry, real estate, any industry you could imagine. Yeah. Coaching, mm-hmm. real estate, videography. Gosh, I could go on and on. Network marketing, like all the things, any industry, it it will help you scale to seven figures. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. How many how many events like this have you guys done? So we've been doing events for five years. Shut up. Five years. Five years. Oh. We do about ten a year. So we are we do them in Las Vegas, Arizona, and Utah. Wow. And then in the next two years, we are doing a nationwide tour. Really? That will be fun. Mm-hmm. Oh my heck. Yeah. So you're just going to travel yep. all over. Mm-hmm. That is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. It'll be fun. It's yeah. It's been fun. And you know, the most beautiful part about it is being able to integrate my son in it all. Mm. Even with him being 10 months old, he's been on every stage with us since he's been born, except the one that I actually, he was a NICU baby. We had him super early at three pounds, so we weren't expecting it. So I was in the NICU with him. I had had oh. him four days before our event. So he had to go do the event. I actually showed up four days after having a C-section and spoke and then went back to the hospital. Are but, you kidding? Oh yeah. Oh, it was like, I was in heels and everything. Cause like, you don't have to wear heels. I'm like, I'm wearing heels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have more self-respect for myself than that. Yeah. I'm not yeah. showing up in flats. That's not my job. Right. <laughs> but That's awesome. it's been awesome. And you know, it's so cute. This last event, we always bring him on at the end of the event. Cause at the end of the day, like family's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And he's got these little tuxedos. He's so cute. So he's on stage with us and my husband has the microphone and my 10 month old son grabs the microphone and holds it up to his Stop. own mouth. I was <gasps> dying. Was the cutest thing. We were laughing so hard. Oh we're like, God. thanks for coming to my TED talk, dad. <laughs> the cutest thing. It's fun. I love that. Did you get a video of that? Yes. Um, I want to see that. Yes. And it will be posted. And he's so okay. cute. It's on my husband's Facebook. The pictures are, it's so cute. That is the sweetest thing. And it's fun. It's, yeah. it's so funny because people who aren't really in the business entrepreneurial mindset, they'll be like, oh, that's so cool. He'll never have stage fright. 
And I'm like, oh my God, that's yeah. what you're worried about. Well, <laughs> I'm like, how about he'll be a keynote speaker when he's like yeah. 10? Like mm-hmm. he'll be doing what like Caleb Maddox is doing. Like there's all these different things where I'm just like, yeah, like there's so much potential and it's, oh, yeah. it's so funny how people don't go into their passion and purpose because of their kids mm-hmm. yet their kids is the reason that stops them, but it should be the reason why they do it. Yep. Like That's so true. They follow in your footsteps. They look after you mm-hmm. and they could take on your legacy. We want next gen to be a legacy. Like in the last two years, we've expanded to 10 people on our team. Their families are all integrated into it. Like it's a family legacy that we're creating. It's a movement. It's not a business. It is a movement that we are changing the world Mm. and we're doing it as a family. Yeah. Like you get to make the own rules of your life. Mm -hmm. Like we have a nanny who was an elementary school teacher. She's going to come on tour with us and she's going to tutor all of the kids on her team through entrepreneurship to raise them to be entrepreneurs and teach them what we believe that they need to learn that they don't teach them in school. Like make the own, make your own rules of your Mm -hmm. life, but you have to go all in on your purpose and your passion to start making the rules. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So let me ask you, so what if people don't know their purpose? What if they don't, they're not clear on their purpose? So I hear that a lot, mm-hmm. right? And even sometimes I'm always like, okay, there's something more, there's something more, there's something more, right? We're always looking for more. Um, so what would you suggest for people to find that? So it's super easy. Okay. We meet with hundreds of business owners, hundreds of them. Mm-hmm. And I get this a lot. Uh, not a lot. I, most people are clear, but I do get it some of the time that people aren't clear. Yeah. And the question is, if you could do anything all day, set money aside, what would you do? And what would you love doing? Mm. Don't tell me what you could make money doing. Tell me what you love doing. hundred percent of the time I can build them out an entire business model in an hour to make multiple six and seven figures based upon what they love to do every single time, every day of the week. People are so focused on the money that they forget about the path passion and purpose. Mm -hmm. People do know their passion and purpose when they allow themselves to go there, but the money blocks them so much that they never get the money because they're too focused on the money. Mm -hmm. The money comes when you're following your purpose every time, every time. And there's always ways to make money doing what you love Mm -hmm. every time. Yeah. Mm, I believe that to be true Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Hear that all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Dang, that's impressive. You can just build them out a freaking business plan in an hour. Yeah. And and the worst thing that I will say people do, it's like, I have a lot of real estate agents that meet with me mm. and they all give me the same answer of why they're doing it Ooh. to help people. Mm. Okay. I would say about 50% after working with us, because we dive down to your deepest belief and your deepest core belief. We help them find something they're more passionate about in an avenue they didn't even know exist whether it's creating a whole new avenue of business that they didn't even know was possible that they end up doing and they make more money than they ever could in real estate. Even though real estate is very lucrative, their passion and purpose isn't behind it. They're wanting to help people. They're just not aware of how many different ways and things they could do to help people. They're so scared to separate themselves and make a whole new industry for themselves that they don't diversify. They don't ask what they love. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And then once they figure that out, the next question, okay, so you figure out what you love. If money wasn't an an option, like that didn't matter, it was what you loved. The next question is, now who can you help doing that that can afford 
what you're offering. Cause mm-hmm. that's the second place I see people get stuck, mm-hmm. especially like people who are like, I want to help single moms. That's great. Do they have the money to be able to afford you to help them to the level that they need help? Mm-hmm. Not saying you can't help them, yeah, but you need to look at that. Mm-hmm. If they just went through a divorce, are they in a monetary position to invest right now? There's a lot of like in-depth things where like you get taken along the train to really nail down, okay, who's your archetype, your ideal person version of you that you can help Mm. that you, cause here's what I believe there's influence in helping people and there has to follow income or you're limited on helping people. Mm -hmm. So many people come to Travis and I, and they're like, we want to start a foundation. We want to, and it's so great. They all have such amazing purposes. Yeah. What people fail to look at is that you can't do that until you're making money. You don't get paid from your foundation. We have a foundation. It wasn't until we had done the business for what? Seven years before we even started a foundation. You have to be making money before you do that. And when you're putting your time and effort into a foundation, that's not making you money, right? It's helping people and that's great. You need to make money first. I would say no one should even think about starting a foundation until they're at least making six figures and doing well and sustaining that with automation. Then I would venture, I would say it's appropriate to venture into a foundation. Dang. Not that helping people, but the thing is you'll get burnt out from helping people and you'll resent helping people because you're not making money. Yep. Mm. 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 So true. Yep. Mm. And this is coming from a pageant girl who's all about yeah. foundations and platforms. And, and I get it, but I also have seen the side to the coin. Like mm. you got to look at both sides. Yeah. Mm. And I've seen it way too much over the years. People get burnt out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, it's so interesting about this because I feel that we've been so conditioned right in life. And so when you're asking these key questions to people, Mm -hmm. light bulbs go off and they're like, Ooh, that's a new way of thinking. Okay. Therefore a new way of being. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, but it's like taking someone like you, right. And it's just, it's so powerful Mm -hmm. being able to get into that space and then ask the questions to your clients because it shifts things fast for people. Mm Mm-hmm. Dang. It opens up avenues in their brain that they didn't know existed. Mm -hmm. And how the parts come together, that is a talent that I have, Mm -hmm. is being able to take different parts and how to harmonize them together. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I totally get that from you. You, Dang, girl. (laughs) I know, really. Mm, This is amazing. Holy crap. And then pageants. Let's talk about the pageants. So yeah. is this a new thing? Like, did you just barely start? Because you're Salt Lake County, right? Yes. Yep. Mrs. Salt Lake County running for Mrs. Utah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is this your first time doing this? Yeah. So okay. I did rodeo royalty in high school. Okay. And then stopped doing that. It's very, very different from the pageant world that I'm in now. Yeah. It's on a horse. It's, it's very different. Yeah. Your talent is on a horse. <laughs> like your dress is made out of leather. Like it's very wow. traditional cowgirl. So very, very different. Yeah. I really wanted to do a pageant to be able to connect with more people in the community and help more people with my influence. I obviously have large followings on social media, but I wanted to be able to influence more people and help people on a bigger scale. And honestly, the biggest reason I wanted to do it is we had started our foundation when we got married. So we did a wedding at a castle. It was the royal wedding. It was phenomenal, but we didn't want any wedding gifts. We were doing well enough. Like we didn't want any wedding gifts. So we started our foundation. So everyone that attended the wedding, they would donate to the foundation instead of getting us a wedding gift. 
And then our reception was actually the unveiling of the foundation and it was a gala. So our reception actually was a gala for the foundation. Wow. Yeah. So it was really fun. So that was a couple years ago and we've just been so busy and the business has taken off. And so we haven't had the time to dedicate to it that we feel that that cause needs. Mm -hmm. So that was a big reason too, as I'm like, okay, this pageant, it's a way for me to make sure that I'm spending the time getting this foundation off the ground, doing really, really well to be able to hire in a CEO to continue running it, but give it the attention that it deserves because it's such a worthy cause and movement. Mm. Like it deserves my undivided attention. Mm, yeah. Okay. So the, the cause, like the whole, your whole thing, tell them about that. Yes. So it's yes. to the next generation foundation. Okay. So it's providing financial aid for adolescents who can't afford extracurricular sports or activities. Mm. So especially now I'm super, super passionate about it. Like I, I would not be the woman that you see today if it wasn't for the opportunity to participate in extracurricular activities. Like mm -hmm. I was really shy growing up. I didn't have a lot of friends. I really struggled with depression at a young age. I, I was very, very lonely. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I got a horse at 14 that I had a best friend. Mm -hmm. I had a sense of purpose. I, the, the deal was that I had to go muck all the stalls at the barn. I had to walk down every single day, feed all the horses. So at 14 oh years old, I would walk like a good mile every single day, rain or shine to go feed the horses, muck the stalls so that I could have a horse. So it taught me a lot of ownership. It taught me a lot of work ethic and my horse was my best friend. Mm. So now when I had a bad day, I was struggling with depression. I was struggling with things. I would run down to my horse and I would just lay on his back and hug him. Mm. And then it led into 4-H. It led into rodeo royalty, all things where I now had a group of friends across like the whole county that had horses that we'd go on vacations with our horses, that we would just go on all these fun trips. And I finally had friends. I had friends with a sense of purpose, like what I had, to, like what I love to do. Yeah. And that changed me as a woman. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. even like my whole appearance, like I used to have black shagged hair all over my face, really? severely overweight. Yes. And like, oh then I embraced being blonde. Like I lost weight. Like I took care of myself. Like I did a lot of those things because I felt better. I felt a part of something. Yeah. And my husband, he grew up in sports his entire life. Mm -hmm. Like that shaped him as a man that shaped him as a team player. Mm -hmm. And so we just look at these opportunities and especially now where like families are struggling with financial things. Like what if kids have played sports? Like a lot of kids have played sports their entire lives. And because of something that maybe happened with the pandemic or COVID, now they just don't get to. There goes their entire friends. Maybe the sport isn't going on because of COVID. Like there's a lot of things that it's super sad to watch. Mm -hmm. And last year, so this is what pisses me off, is it took me four hours to find this statistic. Mm -hmm. And I feel this statistic should be posted everywhere. Last year in 2020, the number one cause of death between the ages of 10 and 24 was suicide. Mm. Why did that take me four hours to find pages and pages and pages I had to read through to find that statistic Wow! when that should be plastered everywhere? Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed is so many people are taking a defensive approach to suicide, like anti-suicide things, suicide hotline, anti-bullying, all these different things, all these different seminars, like trying to like fight against what's happening when it's already a problem. Right. What I believe this foundation does is prevent it and empower kids mm -hmm. in an offensive approach before it's a problem. Yeah. Give them an opportunity to be a part of a team, give them confidence, help them feel a part of something bigger than themselves, help them feel a purpose 
Like they belong Mm -hmm. on this earth for a reason. Help them feel loved. Like maybe they have a leader or a coach that they can look up to, that they can talk to because they might not feel comfortable around their own parents. Mm -hmm. Give them that opportunity Mm. to like pursue a passion in their soul. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I'm just like getting emotional over here. Girl, holy shit. I'm going to say it. Like I am just so impressed. I'm just like blown, I'm blown away. I'm blown away. I'm just so taken back, you know, because it's, it's so common right now, suicide rates and these kids. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I think, um, when you have your own kids, right. Um, thinking about that age, I mean, my oldest is eight, but it's just like for people you know, who don't have the lifestyle that we have or whatever, providing something like that just, oh my God, makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. We'll make all the difference for, for these little kids. Well, even like, even me, my family had money. I just didn't know what I was passionate about. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the opportunity presented to me. Yeah. Like these kids need something to be presented to them. They need mm-hmm. an opportunity. Like it's, I'm sorry, but more moms fret over and talk about them worried about their child getting in a car at 16 and learning how to drive. You need to fucking worry about that. Your child's not feeling loved. Mm -hmm. They are way more likely to die of suicide than they are in a car accident. And I'm not saying it's not a real fear, but I'm saying, is your child feeling loved? Mm -hmm. We talk about love language when it comes to marriages or spouse. Mm -hmm. Do you even know your kids love languages? Do you know how they're feeling loved? You may think you're loving them. Do you know how they feel loved? Yeah. Mm. Like my biggest fear is that my son won't feel loved. Yeah. Mm. But because of everything that you have been through, mm. oh girl, and what you're creating <laughs> right now, he, oh my gosh. You're, you can tell you're just an amazing mom and he feels love. Like so I'm getting that. You know what I mean? And, but isn't it interesting, right? How we have these fears we have with, with our kids. You know, I always have a fear that I'm going to screw my kids up. I'm like, well, I can have all the tools. I can get in their world. I can talk to them like an adult. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think sometimes parents also don't think kids are very smart, but they are very, very smart. Mm-hmm. And I oftentimes will ask my kids, what is it you need from me today? you know, well, how can I show up for you differently? And, and they'll share with me and, and then right before bed, we'll talk and do the thing, whatever, and tuck them in. And I said, is there anything else you want to say about the day today that you like, that you didn't like? And then they'll just start blurting out things and getting it complete and cleared up. And I think that that's important mm-hmm. to do with our kids. Um, even my freaking three-year-old, you know, have conversations like that with him because he gets it. He's not stupid, you know? So I find a lot of value in that as well. I mean, again, I'm not perfect. Well, I love what you just said because depression is stuff pressing down on you. Mm -hmm. It's keeping things inside that are weighing on you that happened in the past. So the fact that you give them an opportunity to verbally release it Mm -hmm. and get it out, this is why journaling is so powerful Mm -hmm. is because it's a release to prevent the depression of down. Depression is the past. Anxiety is the future. So it prevents them from feeling that weight. You're able to release it so that they can get a nice 
rest. Oh, yeah. They're able to release it the first of the day so that they can start their day. I love that. Mm-hmm. Like that is yeah. so empowering. I feel like if parents just implemented what you're doing right there, mm-hmm. it would make a world of a difference. And it may take time. I'm sorry. You may have already screwed up your kid. Yeah. Like know, you know, may right? have already screwed up that relationship where they don't trust you to do yeah. that. But I think eventually persistently doing that. What I love is that you started at a young age. Mm-hmm. So you have like created a firm foundation of that trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. And I think yeah. owning too, like if you've kind of already screwed up your kids and they're a little yeah. bit older, like I would find someone that's not a therapist, not someone that's going to make them feel broken that they can talk to. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's fine if it's not you. Like, I think as a parent, you need to like be okay if it's not you. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. it was never my mom who I had to talk to. Yeah. It was like youth leaders that I had to talk to that I actually really? felt accepted. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The ones that accepted that I wanted a boyfriend at 15. <laughs> Do you know what right. I mean? The ones that didn't shame me for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Accept it. It's better that your child feel lo- feels love than your ego is stroke that they want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and too, and just kind of like bringing it back to your guys' foundation and what you're creating there is that, you know, I, I, there's this guy I mentioned, like when he was growing up, his parents didn't give him a direction with sports. He's like, I wish I would have had a little bit more direction. Mm -hmm. Like they're like, just figure it out. But kids don't know how to figure it out. And so with your guys' foundation, it like gives them something like options and variety and here's direction. And that is, That makes all the difference. It does. So they know which way to go. And we're actually putting together a sports camp. We're bringing in a bunch of professional athletes from different like NBA, NFL, like all the different professional athletes to come and coach these kids and help them Mm -hmm. and share their personal journey so that kids can see the step to get there. Oh, so that they see it on TV, but they're like, okay, this is the step to get there. And they actually get coached by them. So that's actually going to be like a fundraiser event where people pay to have their kids come and obviously we'll sponsor kids to be there, but all the money goes back to the foundation and helping kids. Wow. Okay. So how do kids, okay. So let's just say, so like how do kids like be a part of that? Yeah. So if they want to be a part of it, when we launch it, make sure that you're on our Facebook pages, make sure you're friends with us. It's Minky Brady and we'll be posting about it. If you know someone that needs help or you want to nominate someone, it's to the next gen dot com. Okay. Yep. Okay. And go on there and then you can nominate someone you can donate. It's been, it's been phenomenal. I've been able to raise a significant amount of money through my pageant and through my platform and helping people and businesses. And it's been beautiful to be able to bring the community together for such a worthy cause. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Your, your mess has definitely turned into a powerful message here and what you're doing in the world. And thank you for sharing all that and just showing up in the world because I believe it takes one person, right. To really make a difference. Um, but it's also getting out of our shit to step into this power and just like, mm, you're like this queen, this powerful queen. I love it. Oh, Ooh, you're so girl. Sweet. Thank you. Yes. So, okay. So if people want to work with you. Yeah. Do they just go to Minky Brady? Like where would you guide them? I would say connect with me either on Instagram or on Facebook. So on Instagram, it's just Minky, M-I-N-K-Y. And then on Facebook, it's Minky Brady. Message me. And what I always tell people is utilize my free resources first. So I have a free webinar. It's for marketing. It's helping you build your following, how to scale your business. It teaches a lot of the philosophies that I teach at events. Mm -hmm. I would say go through that. 
And that will help you get started right away within your marketing with being able to unveil your own influence within your life and within your business. And then after that, I say if people, you know, you need help and you want help on a bigger scale to really scale to that seven figures, then we can always schedule a time to see if it's a good fit to work together. Mm. But I only work with people on an interview basis. So I have to interview them, know their business, know exactly what they've got going on. Because when we take on a business, we are in the business with them. Oh yeah, I believe it. Yeah, like we only offer programs to about 30% of the people we sit down with because we are in their business and we are as dedicated as they are. So if we see that they're dedicated to go to the next level, we will provide them our team that actually facilitates the entire production aspect aspect of the program. Your website, your photos, your videographer, how to manage your financials when you're making all the money, your business, your branding, how to tell your story. I help on the marketing aspect. So we have a complete team that is now utilized within your business to be able to scale. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah. Oh my hell. Okay. This is so amazing. <laughs> okay. So, and then I'll even put in the description to like your link, you know, your website, absolutely your uh-huh. Instagram, Facebook, so they can connect with you there. Yeah. So thank you so much, Minky. This has been awesome. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you for having me. Of course, girl. Is there anything else that we want to... Just any other little nuggets or what I would say is don't be afraid to unveil your influence. Mm. I never thought that I would be the woman that I am today. I, I was that girl living in her car. Like I didn't think that I would have a phenomenal family, a little man of my own being traveling the world speaking. Like I, I didn't think I would have those opportunities. And what I will tell you is I created those opportunities. Like I went all in on myself early. I started my first business at 21. Like I went all in on myself. I was investing in coaches. Like I started investing in a young, young age because I believed I was worth it, which is why I'm successful at a young age. So seek out those people that you need next in your life to be able to unveil your own influence or you're not going to be able to go to the next level. Yeah. Like we rise by working together. So like the biggest call to action is whether that's an emotional healer, whether that is a business coach. I don't care what it is. You need to seek out that next person to really unveil your influence. Yeah. Mm, I love that. So basically it's all just a choice. Make Mm -hmm. a decision and take action. Yep. That simple. Yep. Yeah. Mm, Thank you so much. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, girlfriend. Okay, you guys. Thanks for joining.